there. Alexander Barkov, another shot for the Cats to win in the seventh round. Barkov, let's go, baby! The Cats do it again! Hello and welcome back to the Palm Tree Podcast. Justin Bedford alongside Noah Russo. How you doing this week, Noah? I'm good, how about you? Not too bad, not too bad. It's been a pretty crazy week in, you know, just the world. Uh, kind of everywhere, but... <laughs> I mean... Yeah. Yeah, like, it feels weird to, like, be doing this and talking about hockey with so much other stuff going on. Um, But I guess, I guess we kind of have to. You know? But, uh... Yeah, I guess for uh, for this week's podcast, we uh, we said we'd be uh, doing uh, different debate topics. Um, yep. Oh, should we, should we talk about the CHL settlement first? We're going to talk about I, that. I, yeah, I feel like uh, there's a few things in the news we can talk about first. For example, um, the UAH hockey. Yeah, yeah, they Have got... Have you been following that? Yeah, I donated $10. Yeah, I mean, isn't it, how amazing is it that they actually got to their to their mark? Yeah, I mean, it's just awesome, you know, um, that they were able to to do that and to keep that program alive. Because you know, yeah, just just keeping it uh, alive. I think it's it's great for for the school um, for all those yeah, players. I mean, they, they were asking for five hundred thousand, and then they had private donors that were going to match that. If they got to five hundred thousand, and I think they got so they got to five hundred thousand, and they got upwards of eight hundred donors or something. Yeah, which is unbelievable. Yeah, and I mean they had Cam Talbot, who obviously uh, played for them, who is a huge um, supporter and huge factor in them getting the donations. Um, which I mean, it's just great to see um, that they yeah. were that. I mean, you always hate to see programs be in that position, and you very rarely see programs actually being able to come up with the funds that they were actually able to. It's just unbelievable. It's testament to the strength of their program, and I wish that, wish them the best. Yeah, I mean, and like we've seen it, with a, there's been a couple of universities here in Canada um, that have had to cut their hockey teams and other sports teams um, just because of everything that's been going on. Um, like I know out here in Alberta, like I think the University of Lethbridge cut both their men's and women's hockey teams. Um, oh, there are athletics. So yeah, um, yeah, it's really tough decisions, and we've seen that through like the different classes we've taken at Brock, and we've had to like kind of be in that position in like, like simulations, and it's it's really interesting when it's so hard just to hypothetically cut a program that it actually happens. Yeah, yeah, like we used to do that all the time where it was like you pretend like you're the athletic director and you have to, to slash the budget. What do you cut? Uh, it was a Texas high school, if I remember correctly. Yeah. I forget. It was like, do you, do you cut the football program or do you cut like across the board? Yeah, like, yeah, do you cut a little bit off everything or you just eliminate one sport? Like, what do you do? Um, I think, I think for ours, I think we eliminated the football program entirely. Really? Yeah, just because, um, we were a bit lazy and that was the easiest option. <laughs> to just cut the entire thing. It was no, like, do we cut this or that or how much do we take here? It was just, ah, oh, 
screw it. That's that's the most expensive program. We'll cut that. You know, pocket the savings. I, I, I think I, I think I cut across the board and was like slashing like meal meals and travel, but I, I, I can't remember exactly what I did. But that that, that was fun and like you know it's, that happens and you know we're just thinking of it as, as a hypothetical, but the fact that it actually happens is is you hate to see it really. And but on the other hand, when a program is able to overcome it, it's just it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's awesome. So it's, um, yeah, just great that they were able to save the the program uh, through that. Um, and then, yeah, the other big news I think we meant to talk about last week was the CHL settlement. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, you know, at first I was like, oh, like, I mean, yeah, I guess. But then from reading of all the players that spoke up from it, it seems excessive. It, it, it seems like these these old players, these former players that didn't make it to the NHL are just trying to take advantage of the money that the CHL has. Yeah, and I mean, and, and it's tough too. There's like, there's different CHL teams. There's a, because it's such a large league, like there are a lot of teams that make a lot of money and are in good spots and there are some teams where it's really hard. Um, that aren't as financially stable. Uh, but, you know, for, for me, the, the big resounding thing from everything, and this is true from all the teams across all three leagues, and no exceptions, is that the, these kids, because they're essentially kids, they're still, what, 16, is that all expenses are paid for, right? I mean, they get to play hockey, all their equipment is covered, um, all their apparel is covered. They can get whatever they want uh, from the team. They're living with the Billet family. Billet family. They don't have to pay any expenses there, and they don't. They have zero education expense. Yeah, and that's true. If they don't make it to the NHL and they want to go to school after, the CHL actually pays full four year tuition to a Canadian university. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. It's like, I, I, I personally do like the way that the CHL is set up. I think they do a good job of, uh, you know, uh, accommodating these players and having these incentives and furthering their education. I like the way it's set up. Um, so I would agree that yeah, it's maybe a bit, a bit overkill. Uh, this settlement. And this has been like this has gone on for years and years now. Yeah. This, this pursuit for this like minimum wage in the CHL and it's it's really weird because I, I think if you asked anyone you wouldn't think of CHL players as being professional players you know they're kids but yeah. the reality is they are professionals yeah absolutely um, you know it's it's an so, ex- I mean if and I get their point of view that if they're going to be known as professionals and they're going to be you know, paid to play hockey, that they should they should get minimum wage. Yeah, but the way yeah the way they're treated right now is as amateurs. Exactly. So the, the, there has to be a distinction there. But that being said, they're given a lot. Even if it's not minimum wage, they're given a lot. Yeah, like uh, yeah. I mean, um, like I, I know I know the the ice dogs. There, there's definitely shady stuff that goes on in any organization, 
but I you see these guys who pull up in Michigan plated uh, uh, cars, and the guys have no affiliation to Michigan whatsoever. So you know they they get stuff on the side as well, especially the better players. So yeah, the better players and the better organizations. Um. Stuff like that going on. Yeah, I bet you not a lot of London Knights were complaining. No. I think it's more if you're living in Flint, Michigan, maybe. Yeah. Or if you're living up in North Bay. Oh, I th- God. I think maybe those are the people that are complaining. Yeah. Um, um, but but still, I mean, I, I saw a tweet from a player in the WHL that, you know, was, was never going to make it to the NHL. He, and he, he was very aware of that, but, you know, he, he said that, the amount of stuff he got from playing junior hockey within the CHL was just—he he wasn't looking for that um, the, for that money and that that, that settlement money that he was going to get, he was going to give back to the CHL Foundation, which is just which or is players just, foundation. I, I I forget exactly what it's called. Yeah, it's a really nice thing to do. Um, but yeah, I mean. Yeah, I was I was a bit surprised with how much they definitely had to pay. Um, and I mean, and a lot of it too was paid by uh, out of the insurance too. So it wasn't, um, you know, massive massive amount for for the CHL and for the teams. Like when you take thirty million dollars, yeah. a lot of it paid by insurance, and then you split up the rest among all, all the different organizations. It doesn't end up being. A massive amount of money. Um, so I mean, yeah, def- definitely something people have a lot of strong opinions on, um, at least that I've seen. Um, but for me, um, you know, it is what it is. Um, yeah, um, I think it's I think it's more than fair compensation. Uh, for these players, but that's you know that's just me. I don't know. I didn't. I obviously did not play in the CHL. Exactly, and you know, I mean, in it's it, you can't really put yourself in, in their shoes. But certainly, if I was given the chance to play in the CHL, I don't think I would be looking for minimum wage. Yeah, and I mean, it, I I might though. If, you know, if they were saying go to North Bay. Yeah, you you know, know. If, I'm, if I'm playing for Sudbury or, you know, in the queue, if I'm playing for, like, Valdor or something, or uh, I'm not sure what the WHL teams are in that category. Most but, of them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's... I, I guess there's a point of view there, but still, I mean, after your four years of CHL, you can go to any Canadian university and just have everything paid for. And... and being a CHL player, you're probably going to get on to the hockey team. Yeah, uh, yeah. able to play four more years at a very competitive level. Yeah, like you see a lot, like most U-sports players um, did play, uh, you know, hockey in the CHL um, and are now continuing their education. So, yeah, like I still think, yeah, there's, there's a lot of opportunity for these, these players. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, not having been in that situation, I don't really know firsthand. So I'd be more inclined just to listen to the players and their thoughts. Yeah. Really. 
from from what I've seen from from the players, it's 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 a it's a very mixed and mixed opinions. But I mean, nobody's really speaking up for the other point of view of yeah, we need to get that money. Um, yeah, it's it's the whole like you know, it's it's a very touchy subject. I think. Yeah. Well, and, and the reality is like. Different players have had different experiences playing junior hockey too, right? Mm-hmm. Like there are some p- players that were like, "Oh, this is great, I'll do this." Uh, and there are some players who maybe didn't enjoy it as much or weren't in the best situations, um, and they they want to be compensated or they're not going to university or whatever it is. Um, so yeah, it seems kind of unfair to just lump everyone together in one category. Yeah. Um. But you know, at least it was, it was hockey news that was that was exciting. Yeah, it, it's always fun. And, I mean, I don't know if you've been like seeing this on Twitter, but speaking of the CHL, is this weekend is usually the weekend in which the Memorial Cup is handed out. Yes. And I've been seeing plenty of highlights from that, and it's just going back in time and seeing all those um, recaps of those those games. It's it's impressive. Yeah. I, I, it makes me miss junior hockey an incredible amount. What's your favorite memory from a Memorial Cup tournament? Um, man, I uh, have a few. Um, I, I was lucky enough to be in the um, in Quebec City at the game when uh, when the Ottawa Generals beat the Kelowna Rocket two one in overtime. Wait, you were there. Yeah. Was that was that Anthony Sorelli who got that one? He got two goals that game, yeah. Yeah, he scored. Yeah, I remember that. It was, it was uh, so, I mean, the big player on Oshawa at the time, I guess, was Michael McCarron going up against Leon Dreisaitl's uh, Kelowna Rocket. That Kelowna yeah. Rockets team was unreal. Unreal. Like Dreisaitl, they had Nick Merkley, they had, uh, they went defense, Josh Morrissey. Yeah, it was it was a really good team. It was a hell of a game. Um, yeah, I mean Anthony Sorelli wasn't even drafted into the OHL. How far he come is unbelievable. Um, but yeah, I mean every you know I always pay close attention to when Quebec teams are in the are in the final, um, and just you know that might be my fondest memory of the the OHL uh, I mean uh, Memorial Cup but there it's it's always such an exciting tournament yeah for for me the one memory that sticks out was uh when the uh the Oil Kings won it in 2014 and it was like out of nowhere Edgar's Kulda just like went off for the Oil Kings um, oh yeah I, they were they, they played, so, semi-final, I don't know if you remember this, they were playing Val d'Or in the semi-final. Yeah. The longest semi-final game in the history of the Memorial Cup. They went into third overtime. It's just a nonchalant-looking shot from the point. They got tipped. Uh, it was, um, Curtis Lazar at the time. Uh, yeah. Tipped that in. It was, it was unbelievable. Yeah, like that was, that was such a weird like Oil Kings team because they had so many like 
kind of highly touted prospects, and then kind of just like none of them panned out. I mean, Tristan Jari was yeah, the like, for them. Yeah, like Tristan Jari is the only guy on that team that like, like Curtis Lazar, I guess is still around. Griffin Reinhardt, not really. Edgar's cool though, was on like nobody's map until this, and then he got drafted uh, late. Uh, Mitch Morose was on that team, another Oilers pick. Like, it's just a weird team. Yeah, definitely. And you know, it's those games can literally go either way. I mean, talking third overtime, both teams definitely got their fair share of chances. It just happened that it went Edmonton on Edmonton side. So, I mean, good for them. Yeah, like I swear, like every I mean, year, finished it in the in the final. Yeah, like every year, like I watch the Memorial Cup, I'm like, okay, like this team's clearly the best team, and that team never wins it. Like the te- the team I'm thinking going in never does it. Like last year, I think I was like thinking Guelph. Um, yeah, um, well, Guelph Guelph last year was so impressive because they came back. They, what they what they did in those playoffs is simply like unbelievable and unheard of. Yeah. Like, they just kept coming back. I, I think, so, first series, I think they, they won for 4 nothing or 4-1. And then two series in a row, I think, down 3 nothing. Yeah. I, and then down, I think, 2 nothing in the final? It's, I, I still can't believe it. I mean, that was pure, that, that, that's junior hockey for you. Yeah, like, it's just, junior hockey is just something else. They were, they were really unimpressive in the Memorial Cup, though. Yeah, like, they, I, I thought they should have been way better. Like, they had Suzuki, Schnarr, Ratcliffe. They had Samarukov, Merkley. Like, they should have, I think they should have done better. That was disappointing. Yeah. I, but it's, al- it's always really interesting to me when two teams from the same league uh, end up in the final. Yeah. You know, and that's what we saw last year in a very close game between Halifax and Rua and Miranda. Um, so it's, it's always impressive. It's, it's interesting. It's a, it's a very particular format in terms of tournament. There, there's not many like it in this, considering that the the team that comes out first of the round robin literally gets to birth into the final. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's a weird tournament, but it's, I love the Memorial Cup. Oh yeah. I wouldn't change it. Yeah, so yeah, I'm sad we weren't able to have it this year. It's always fun yeah, to watch. Definitely. <clears throat> but um, yeah, I guess sh- should we move on to our uh, debates here? Yeah, our great hockey debates. Um, what topic do you want to start off with? Um, I guess we could go with the, start with the shootout. All right, shootout. Keep it or get rid of it. What are your thoughts? Um. I like it personally. <clears throat> I think that uh, you can't go less than three on three. You know, you can't do two on two or anything. That's I think that would just but take do, away from do you do two, do you three on three though for like ten minutes? Um, <clears throat> it, <clears throat> the the way it's <clears throat> formatted now, I <clears throat> I like the shootout. Let's just get it over with. Um, I think that. It, you know, the, the, the if you can't score on three on three, um, like you don't you don't deserve to go five more minutes. 
Um, I think that if, if you're going to score on three on three, you're going to score on three on three in those first five minutes. If it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. And like, let's just go to a shootout. Um, that's the way I see it. I don't mind having a shootout. It's just a good way of just figuring it out. And it lets you, it lets you see skills that you wouldn't normally see in, in the game. Yeah. Like for me, the thing is like, hey, I like, I like having the three on three OT. Like I think that makes the shootout way better just because there's fewer of them. Um, because a lot of games get decided in three on three, but like the issue I have with the shooter is like, I love it. It's exciting. It's great. You get to see all this skill. Um, but I don't like how important it is, um, with the way the NHL's point system set up. <clears throat> like, with, and, and that's, that, that's an entire debate of its own. Yeah. So, um, where it's like, you have teams yeah. like that, they, they just, they don't do well in shootouts. And they might miss the playoffs because of that, right? Because they yeah. miss out on five points they could have gotten by winning five more games that went to a shootout. So I don't love um, how much of a factor it can be um, in terms of affecting the standings. I would definitely prefer it though if they had it with uh, like the if you change the point system away from what it is now, where you have two point games and three point games. Mm-hmm. Um. I think I definitely prefer it in a three-point game the, system. The other thing is, you see, you see, um, like teams in the five-on-five uh, overtime that actually try and force the shootout. Yeah, that. Yeah, and you can tell they they play very conservatively. You know, they try to keep the puck. They don't force anything. Very low-risk uh, plays in overtime, and you know, I think that. Yeah, it's it's a debate, one hundred percent. But I, I I think that it's a it's a unique aspect of the game that's that's really fun. It's just like in in soccer, you have penalty shootouts. Yeah, penalties. I mean, I think it's the same thing. I mean, and I don't think anybody in in soccer would go for. What would take away those penalties at yeah. the end of the game? Well, yeah, and the one thing I don't like is like people make the argument they're like, "Oh, it's just a skills competition. It's not like real hockey. It's not part of the game." But it's like, no, it is part of the game. Like you should be good at shootouts. Like you should work. It is part of the game. You should. It one hundred percent is. Like yeah, it's just a different aspect of the game, and you know you, should, you adapt to that really. Um, you know, if you're not good at shootouts, get better at shootouts. Pick different shooters. Do different things, right? Like, and it's an opportunity. I mean, for for guys that don't normally get to be in that position of the you know game winning position to actually get there. Like, um, I, you see players that are just good in shootout that wouldn't normally play in overtime actually shoot the the puck in, in a shootout. And I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, you know who was notorious for that was uh, Matt Hendricks. Have you ever seen his, like, yeah. the paralyzer shootout move? Exactly. Like, that's awesome. I, and I think that's that's a really fun aspect of it, too. Yeah. Absolutely. Like that, That's the thing. Is like, I, I love it. I, like, I think it's exciting. It's great to watch. Um but I think I definitely prefer it with different points. 
system awarded. Like, if you broke it down where every game was worth three points. Um, yeah. I think I'd definitely prefer in that situation. And I think teams, like, teams have definitely adapted to it, too. Like, with the three-on-three OT, like you said, where, like, you see when a lot of teams, like, when they play Edmonton and the Oilers have Dreisaitl and McDavid out there, teams will just keep it away from them. Because if you don't, you're screwed, right? Yeah, and so and it's, it's funny that you bring up Edmonton because Edmonton, I mean, McDavid and Drysaddle easily combine, like easily play four minutes each in the overtime, and it takes a lot of ice time away from other players. So if if you were to extend that to ten minutes, I think you you would just be seeing that over and over again. Is just McDavid and Drysaddle on the ice at all times at the expense of seeing other players. And I'm not saying that as a fan, I wouldn't want to see that. I just think that it, it, it would have its disadvantages on other players. Yeah, I mean, you know, me personally, I'd love to see Josh Archibald and Alex Chase on out there. But, <laughs> you know, to me, that that is hilarious. But put them put them out there with, like, Chris Russell. But you're, you, you know, by having this three-on-three overtime, you're really emphasizing individual talent. And it would definitely disadvantage um, teams without big superstars that focus on depth and aim for a more rounded team. Yeah, the that's the other thing too is like I love the shoot up, but I love the I love the three on three OT. I, that, for me, I mean, the, the at the end of the line is it's a regular season game, and I don't mind that it's decided by that. Um, you know, I mean, if you can't win in a shootout, maybe you rightfully don't deserve to be in a playoff position. Yeah, which, yeah, valid, valid argument. If you can't even win a shootout, you know, it's, maybe, maybe you've got some work to do. Yeah, like, the only thing to me is, like, there are some times where it's, like, I would almost rather watch another five minutes of three-on-three OT. Like, there are some really good overtimes. That are just like back and forth, like nonstop action. I, th- I think the the dynamic of the three on three overtime would be much different if there were there was two times as much time. Um, you'd see teams be much more conservative with the puck since they have much more time to work with. Absolutely, and you definitely see teams roll their lines more. And right. then if there's a penalty, I mean, it's over. Yeah, the worst is like when you get guys that get stuck out there. Yeah. Like, there was, I forget, I think it was, like, Calgary, Arizona, and, like, Phil Kessel got caught out there for, like, two and a half minutes, and, like, the man couldn't move, like, he was just gassed, because... Poor guy. And it was, like, you, like, you're just watching, like, man, like, they're screwed here, like, Calgary's clearly gonna score, and they did, obviously. But, like, there's just nothing you can do. But, yeah, to me, yeah, I, I, I like the shootout overall. Yeah. I, I just think it's a, it's a nice way of just getting it over with at the end of the night. Yeah, right. Like, and that's that's it too. Is you have to end the game at some point. And, and that being said, I think that there's been a lot of improvement. With uh, a few years ago, they used to do a dry scrape, and I know the OHL and probably the entire CHL still does a dry scrape before um, the the 
the start of the shootout. I hate that. It, that takes too much time. But having the NHL's shovel girls or shovel boys uh, come out and just do a quick, um, you know, quick, uh, I don't know how to call it, uh, just a, a pass by of the, the entire surface, I, I think that's just a nice, fast, and effective way of doing it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like I think, yeah, I think it's definitely it's definitely changed too. Like, over, like they've definitely improved it. Um, just because um, we're talking shootouts here, we have a bunch of debate ideas. We're not going to get to all of them today. Um, but just since we're already talking about shootouts, I guess our last uh, topic before we move on is the spinorama in the shootout. Should they bring it back? I mean, honestly, why not? Like, it's it's a move that requires so much skill. Yeah, the the speed that these guys are coming in with is just unbelievable. Yeah, and, and like, obviously, like as a goalie, like I would hate it because I would bite on that every single time. But like, if you can pull it off, you know, why not? And like, like they they had the X. Like you can't go backwards, right? And there was like, do you remember the one Artemi Panarin shootout goal from this year? Yeah. What were your thoughts on that one? I mean, I'm gonna have to look it up real quick. Um, but if I remember correctly, I I did not think it should be allowed. Well, just like to me, it was like, first of all, great move, like sweet move, looks great, seemed illegal. Versus Minnesota. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm watching it right now. Anthony Stalock. Um, yeah, no, that shouldn't be allowed. I, he, the goalie literally has no chance on that. Yeah, like, what like what are you supposed to do on that as a goalie? Like, I think the spinorama is borderline more I mean more fair for goalies because um, when it comes down to it he was taking so much time yeah like right should there be a time limit on shootouts I, I think technically there's a 20 second time limit yeah I'm, but should that be less I mean it's, it's a, to give these give goalies maybe a better chance um but that being said, I don't, you know, I think the, the percentage of shots that get stopped is greater than the percentage of shots that actually go in on the shootout. Yeah. I could be wrong on that because I'm just, I'm just thinking off the top of my head, but. Like, I'm thinking, like, if you can do the spinorama in one clean motion without stopping, like, I think you should be allowed to do it. Like, there's, um, one, it's a really good one. I think it was Grabowski who did it. Yeah, yeah, Grabowski with Toronto. He did a spinorama. Yeah, like if you can do it like that, like clean like that, where you're not stopping at any point, I think you should be allowed to do that 100. percent Yeah. Right. Um. Yeah, it's it's a really it's a controversial thing, and it's I don't know I. The, the, for the record, the Panarin goal counted, and I don't think it should have. Um, but you see, I mean, 
Patrick Kane's like signature move, where he just like slows down. And he has so much time. And I think who who got really mad at him for it? I think it was uh, Mike Smith. No, is it Mike Smith? Um, he's done it so much. Like he's done it to so many people. Like it could be Smith. It could be. I think he did it on Josh Harding once, or but Nicholas Backstrom maybe. Like. Yeah, like, like when a guy does that, like when you're going that slow. Yeah, it's you know, it's I don't know, it's should that be allowed? Then you know, it's it's really tricky, like to like define it and have like a clear line of what you're allowed to do and what you aren't allowed to do. Yeah. Also, as a side note, because I just pulled up Mikhail Grabowski shootout goal, and I mean, it was Pecorino. Oh, yeah, I think it might have been. Yeah. But, man, like, I'm watching, like, the the top 10 NHL shootout goals of all time compilation. And, man, it is so nice. <laughs> like, there are just some sick moves. Like, oh, I just got sucked in. Like, I'm watching the Giroux one right now where he does, like, the Datsuk. Uh-huh. And just, like, destroys Jonas Gustafsson. Oh, man. I was also the Giroux. Giroux, I think it was versus Toronto. Is it, is it versus Toronto? He just basically went in there and just teed it up. Yeah, I think it was. That was awesome too. I I think that's pretty cool. But again, you're not giving the, the goalie that much of a chance if you're yeah. just going in and gonna crank a slap shot. And I think you're kind of um, getting into unwritten rules of, of of shootouts. Yeah. You know, it's there, there's there's like. There's non-written agreements. But you're not going to come in and rip a clap on. goalie that there are things you don't do. All right. Before we end it here, Noah, I want to ask, favorite shootout goal of all time, which one is it? Oh, man. Oh, I, I don't even know why I thought of this. Uh, Pavel Datsuk versus Chicago. Oh, I remember against Antiniemi where he flips it. Was it Antiniemi? Oh, it was. I, I remember watching that game on my TV. Oh, I mean, sweet. Oh, I, uh, that was just unreal. I mean, Antiniemi just gets the slightest piece of it, but it still trickles in. It was unbelievable. Yeah. For for me, the two that come to mind are, A, the Kucherov no move, uh-huh. which, which was just sick, especially because it's Robin. Yeah. It was like Robin Leonard, too. I don't think I, I don't think he'd saved like an attempt all year in the and shootout. Then, but Kucherov did it twice is the big thing. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's done it multiple times. But, like, the first time he did against Robin Leonard, like, that was awesome. The other yeah. one I have up there is the Linus Omark spinorama move, just for how irrelevant the spinorama was. <laughs> like, that was, like, this most, like, why? Like, just so unnecessary. I, I'm actually surprised you say that, because um, I was expecting you to say, I think it was, who was it? It was Edmonton, the fake, the fake slap shot. That was where that was Omar. He comes in. Oh, okay. He comes. Yeah, like he. Sam Gagne for some reason. Sam Gagne has some great shootout goals too. But it was like Linus Omar picked it up at center yeah. ice, did a spinorama at center, so doesn't do anything, and then just did a fake slap shot. And then went between the legs, and the, the camera view from behind him is so absolutely filthy. It's it's amazing. Yeah. Oh, man, there's some great shows. The Mike Ribeiro one's really good, too, where he goes between the legs. Yeah, I know. I'm just watching that one now. Good. For me, 
the most overrated shootout goal that keeps getting picked up in every single top 10 NHL shootout goal it is the New York Rangers. Merrick Malik? Yeah. I, I'm just kidding. I'm watching the Sportsnet thing right now, and that's their number one shootout goal of all time. No, like, I violently disagree with that. I think the I think the only reason because of the context. Yeah, the only yeah the context is it's a big guy who would never go in a shootout. And I don't think he had scored in like a long time. Yeah, right, and it's like yeah, longest shootout ever at that point. So for me, for me, it's completely overrated. Yeah, like. I think a part of that, too, is that, like, you've seen it so many times that it's, like, I get it. Like, he goes between the legs, I guess, pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the the other one is uh, Sidney Crosby against Montreal. The backhand? How can a single player get that much power off a backhand to absolutely destroy the water bottle? Yeah. It makes no sense. It's, like... Bending physics. Yeah. And I mean, Barkov too, you know, because, you know, we're speaking for Panthers. Barkov's two-minute, there's a two-minute highlight tape of just Barkov shootout goals. Somewhere on the internet that I have saved, I think, on Facebook videos is it's one unreal. of the nastiest shootout compilations ever. Yeah, he's so good. Like, it's unreal. Yeah, and I mean... No, that, it's... You know, these are the reasons why I don't think the shootout, I or why I think the shootout should be should should stay. You know, to, to anybody that says the shootout shouldn't be a thing, it's I. You know, you're you're missing out on all of these things, and it's not a problem with the shootout. It's a problem with the point um, uh, association or point like uh, the amount of points that are available in each game. Yeah, like I think, yeah. If any issue, most most of the issue people have with the shootout is exactly that, or I guess some people some people say it's gimmicky, um, but gimmicks are fun and exciting, so I don't really see that argument. Uh, yeah, I, but yeah, re- like really, the majority of the issues people have with it are just the way the points are. I I, I don't know if you remember this, but when the MLS for first like oh, was it like the you could dribble in? Oh my god! That was they awesome. Had, like, they had, but they, there was a timer. Yeah, it was like and a timer one on one. Not forgiving on shooters at all. It was it was something very small. Yeah, you know, like you had ten seconds to go across half the field and score. Yeah, and, and you saw goalies come out so far. Yeah, go- that was so cool. Goalies so just cool. like wristed all. Yeah, that'd be cool if they did that in the NHL. If they gave players like a really short timer. Like, or if, if you know, if, if I'm, I'm impressed that no goalies really try and come out and like actually play the puck. Yeah, I, I think that'd be really cool to see. That was okay. One of the there's a side note is actually it's a good note to end on. I remember uh, when I was younger and I went to see the Oilers play in Florida um, against the Panthers, and in the shootout, Devin Dubnik did a flying poke check. Like that was just like like I I love when you see stuff like that, where it's just like wow, like I I don't know why more goalies don't do it. Yeah. 
right? Especially, especially if you got a guy like who's coming in, and you know he's probably going to dangle. Like, why would you not just like lunge at him? Yeah. I mean, if you miss, you look really dumb. But like, if you don't, you... I, what are the odds? That there's probably a, I'd say two thirds that the puck gets stopped, and one third that the puck goes in, more or less. But against shooters, like where it's more of like a fifty-fifty, I'm thinking of like. Kucherov and stuff. Yeah. Why wouldn't you just go for it? You, you got nothing to lose. It's fifty-fifty, anyways. Yeah. I think the thing though too is also that probably only works like once, and then players are like, "Okay, this guy might lunge at me." <laughs> like you can't do it every time. Because <laughs> if you did that, guys would just go right around you. Yeah. Yeah, you'd have to do it like once a season. Something like that, but. Um, <laughs> broke his stick I don't know if you remember this broke his stick like at the top half yeah it didn't make any sense why it broke there yeah that was weird there's also the one where I think Shane Doan broke his stick on the shot and still scored yeah like he broke the blade off (laughs) and it just somehow still went in yeah so it's I don't know I, I really Shootout, I think, is a very integral part of the NHL that's kind of cemented itself. Yeah, and the reality is, is like, it's pretty much been in the NHL for most of our lifetimes, too, like for you and me. I mean, yeah, I couldn't, I can't remember a, a game finishing in a tie, like consciously. Yeah, so for, for us, I guess it's just, it's a part of the game we've always known. Like, I guess I might feel differently if I was like 50 years old. And I was like, no. Yeah, but then again, these like older people have lived with the NHL having a um, two-line pass rule. Yeah, which was always a ridiculous rule. Oh, and skate in the crease rule. Like, just some weird ones. <laughs> like, what are we doing here, people? But uh, I think that's like, must be the most controversial moment in the history of the NHL. Skate in the crease? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, like, for sure. Oh, no, Buffalo. Yeah. Oh, Sabres. They can't catch a break, you know? And I think it's... No, I mean, in Jack Eichel's comments this week... Oh, we should have... Yeah, we definitely should have... Oh. That was... What were your thoughts on that? <laughs> Just rub salt in the wound for Sabres fans. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I hope he gets traded. Man, like, I... Like, I it's like, he's so upset, but he also... Like, he signed there for so long, too. <laughs> He's like a ten million a year for like, until twenty twenty six or something. But man, like imagine what you get for Jack Eichel in a trade, though. Well, that's what I'm thinking. Is what <clears throat> what is what is like? What his what's his asking price? Yeah. Well, and the thing is, like, you listen to like Eichel's comments. Like, it's very clear. Like, he doesn't like Botterill and management, but he likes. It seems like he likked Ralph Kruger. Ralph well, Ralph Kruger's impossible to dislike. Exactly. So it, something's got to give. I mean, Buffalo, I think, needs major change, and I'm pretty sure they laid off most of their vice presidents. Yeah. I mean, they said it was because of the COVID, but I mean, it, it's a it's a pretty good it, it's a pretty good opportunity to get rid of somebody you didn't really want. Yeah. So it's it's going to be interesting. I mean. I don't think it's own. I I don't want to think it's ownership, 
but then again, I mean, it's it's so hard to tell, and they they really aren't in a, in a good position. I mean, the, well, and it's so weird too because like the Pagulas, they own the Bills too, and the Bills have done a massive turnaround the last two years, right? Yeah, I, so you look at Buffalo and you look at the contract they gave Jeff Skinner. Yeah, I I, I mean. I'm not an expert, but I could have told you that that wasn't going to end up well. Yeah, I, I mean, very clearly, and I, I, I guess like he, he's a young guy; like he could still turn it around next year, and you know, down the road. But not a great start for sure. Really bad on that new t- and t- and part of that, I guess, was injury too. Like that's not really his fault. But yeah, you know what's hilarious was um, so the NH- I was like NHL or NBC or whatever. They're doing like their best like. Like who's the best NHL player with this number currently, right? And they did like they did like fifty five, right? And for some reason, by the way, they left out Noel Achari, which I think is criminal, but that's okay. And so it was like Ristolin and like Shifley, Pareko, and like some people, like one guy in the comments was like, "Man, it's got to be Risto. Guy is crazy underrated." And there was like two hundred comments under his thing, just like ripping him. What's it going to take for that guy to get a trade? I don't know. How many years is at least past two seasons he's asked for a trade, or at least it's rumored he's asked yeah. for a trade? There's a video I saw on, online a couple days ago that was him just very subtly bashing the rebuild. He was like, yeah, we've been rebuilding for like seven years now, and I have yet to see it. Yeah. The best was, I remember last season, uh, during the regular season, it was like Sportsnet and Brian Burke. Um, and they were talking about Ristolainen, right? And he was like, when I was in Calgary, you know, we thought about making an offer for Ristolainen. And then uh, our analytics guy came to us and said, absolutely not. Um, yeah, he's, his, his defensive stats are not flattering. But, man, like, when you can convince, like, Brian Burke not to do something with analytics, like, man, <laughs> I don't think <laughs> that must say something. But Yeah, he's really bad. Yeah, but I, you know, I mean, there's potential. I mean, they have Dolan, who's who's been having a great uh, first couple of years in the league. You know, they're, they're Jack Eichel. If if he can be, if if you can put a team around him, like you know, there's you just got to get the right person to create that team. You need you need the Jerry Krause of hockey or something. Exactly, absolutely, it's exactly what they need. Um, you know, they just got to find, you know, a Dennis Rodman type for that team. Exactly. <laughs> and it, it wasn't Zach Bogosian. I don't think it's Brandon Montour. They, they, they've got to figure out something. Yeah. No, it, like, the, yeah, I have no idea what's going on with Buffalo. Yeah, but, it's... But, but, you know, they're in the Atlantic with our Panthers, so it's great. Yeah, it's great because if Buffalo got good, then I'd be real. I'd be upset because then the Atlantic's really good. Yeah, you know, and we don't we don't need more of that for sure. Uh, yeah, I one hundred percent agree. Absolutely. All right, man. Well, I guess that kind of wraps it up for this uh, this week's episode of the podcast. Um, thanks for coming in. Thank you to everyone tuning in. We'll be back next week um, with another episode where we debate some more topics. If you have anything you want us to talk about. Um, please let us know because we might run out of things to talk about.
So would be greatly appreciated. Thank you once again, and we'll see you guys then. Seventh round, Barkov. Let's go! Home, baby!